What reason have you to be merry? You're poor. What reason have you to be dismal, uncle? You're rich. Humbug. Oh, don't be cross. Uncle, what else can I be when I live in such a world of fools as this is? Merry Christmas. Out upon a merry Christmas. What's Christmas to you but a time for paying bills without money? Finding yourself a year older and not an hour richer. If I had my will, every idiot who goes about with a merry Christmas on his lips would be boiled with his own pudding and buried with the stake of holly through his heart. Uncle! Well, good morning. Hey, no matter what your view of Christmas is, whether you're the bah humbug type and this is a horrible time for you of the year, or whether you're the merry, merry Christmas, you can't get enough of it, I pray that during this Bah Humbug series that we shift your perspective. Christmas is almost here, ready or not, 17 days away. The question is, are you ready? People always ask, are you ready? And my question is, are you ready for what? Because everybody's got an idea. People go through all kinds of things, and typically we go through Christmas in one of three ways. They even have statistics to show how many of us go through Christmas in what ways. Let me read this to you. Four out of ten of us, we're going to go through Christmas this year thinking about the past. That's just your view vantage point. That's your perspective. Four out of ten of us. You're going to rehearse something from the past the way it used to be, someone you lost, what you used to do, what you used to eat, where you used to go, how it was when you were a kid. Another time, another place, you're going to look backwards. How many of you would say that's you? Let's do the math real quick. Four out of ten. No, I'm kidding. Five out of ten of you are futurists. We're one step ahead at Christmas. Whether it's in the micro moments, right? Whether you go to the store, whether you're doing the wrapping paper, you've gone to the mailboxes, you, you got that party, right? We're just thinking one step ahead. What's next? What's next? What's next? What do we got to do this week? What do we got to do by the end of the week? What do I have to buy this? And when do I have to do this and wrap this? Whew. Yeah. How many are five out of ten? You're futurist. You're always looking ahead. Gotcha. 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 We miss the moment, those of us like that. That, that's that's kind of me. And then researchers, four out of ten, five out of ten, that only leaves one more, right? But one out of ten of us will actually be able to pause during this season and actually capture the moment. We're not living in the past. We're not missing the moment looking ahead. We actually can find ourselves taking in the moment that's right in front of us. I don't know about you and which category you live in, but I want to encourage you and hopefully give you some practical ways today to capture the moment that's right in front of you. To just take it in. With 17 days to go, there's not a better time. And let me tell you why it's so important that I think we give this some thought. Because if you don't capture the moment right in front of you, The flip side of that is, that means you miss the moment right in front of you. I don't want you to miss a moment. I don't want to miss a moment. 
Because when we miss a moment, when we miss things, we have this crazy little emotion that goes on that many of us deal with, and that is it brings regret. We regret. We wish we'd have done something different. Well, our goal today is to buck the statistics. Let's not be 4 and 10. Let's not be the 5 and 10. Let's be the 1 and 10 that slows down long enough, that focuses well enough, that we can capture the moments. Because I believe God has some special moments for you to capture this Christmas. If you would, take out your message outlines. You can follow along, make your own notes, fill in the blanks. Last week we talked about cranking it down a couple of notches. We talked about all the hustle and bustle. We talked about how to simplify our lives. We gave you some practical tips. And as we ended last week, I threw a question, or not ended, but in the middle of that message, I threw a question at you that many of you were kind of spun around on like, oh my gosh, I haven't even thought of that. If you weren't here last week, you can pick up a CD copy or download it online to get that question. But our goal today is I'm going to look at a very familiar passage of scripture, very familiar story. Most of you will know this story. But I hope you'll look at it with new eyes. I hope you're going to see things that you've never seen. And then by the end of today, I'm going to throw another question at you that will rock your world, I hope, in a different way. So stay tuned for that. So in our study today, in this story, there, there's going to be two different people, two, two models of two different peoples, right? right? I don't know what category they'd fit in. You can figure that out. But they have an encounter with Jesus, and this story is about how these two ladies named Mary and Martha, that you may be very familiar with, how they totally respond differently in the moment. One captures the moment, one totally misses the moment. And I think you'll relate well to them, and I'll relate well to them, because we are those people. Let's start out in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Just four verses that we're going to look at with this main story. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat on the floor, get this, listening to Jesus as he talked. But Martha was the jittery type and was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Sir, does it not seem unfair to you that my sister, my sister just sits there while I do all the work. Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, Martha, dear friend, you are so upset over all these details. There's really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and I won't take it away from her. There's a lot in that little story, isn't there? I don't know if you find yourself in that story. I find myself in the story. I find myself relating to one of those sisters, saying, are you kidding me? How can you just be in there sitting down? Look what we got going on here. Who's going to make sure all this stuff comes together in the right way, all the right time, right? Because we've got this thing to orchestrate. But there's a battle for a moment here. There's a battle for a moment. There's something happening right there in their home, and one of them is catching it, and the other is in danger of flat out missing it. So I want to take this story, break it down, and show you four keys that you and I can learn to capture the moment. Here's number one if you're taking notes. We have to replace during the Christmas season the urgent with the significant. We've got to learn how to replace the urgent with the significant. Before we get back to the story of Mary and Martha, I have a much more modern clip that I want to show to you that's from a movie you might recognize, and uh, it's one of my favorites. Take a look. 
Are you mad at me? No. Sure? Yes, I'm sure. Just do your job. Okay. <gasps> wow! What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. Be interesting to see what number out of 10 go home and watch that movie tonight. <clears throat> I love that movie, Elf. It's hilarious. In that clip, here's what's interesting. We're talking about the urgent versus the significant, right? That was going on right there. The boss is looking at Buddy the Elf, right? Who in the story, if you know it, right, he's actually from the North Pole. He was actually kind of moved around at birth, and he ends up growing up at the North Pole. And he really does know Santa, and when the announcement is made, Buddy gets so excited, over-the-top excited of the announcement that Santa's coming tomorrow at 10 a.m. Now, why is he so excited? Get this. Listen, even in a crazy movie, the reason he got so excited is because for Buddy, Santa is real. Buddy knows him personally. But the boss who can't figure it out doesn't get excited because Santa's not real. He's just a man that they hired to dress up and put on a suit and a beard, and he was hired to sit and listen to kids. When I look at that clip, that's a pretty actual, ac accurate picture of real life, isn't it? You think about on this globe as we sit here 17 days away from Christmas, for many, many, many folks, some in your neighborhood that you work with, some of your family and friends, Christmas is about dreaming. It's about fantasy. It's about decorations. It's about parties. It's about wish lists. It, it's, it's about uh, an image in their head that they're trying to obtain because there's so much hype about it, but yet the older we get, we've been through so many of them, and we know that there's a big letdown in many ways. We try to capture that magic of when we were kids. And many people, the reason that it's, there's such a disconnect is because they don't know him. And even those of us that do know him, we can fight through this, can't we? It's like, I get it, there should be so much more, but yet we get caught up into all the stuff as well, and we miss what's significant because we're caught up doing so many things that are urgent. We kind of be like the boss, right? And for us, really, even though we know, it's like, let work be your favorite. We got so much stuff to do. Are you kidding me? Why did we put so much stuff on our calendar? And what about the gift? And I got to buy the perfect gift. And I got to find the perfect stuff for the perfect meal. And I hope it all turns out. And oh my gosh, where are we going to set everybody? And oh, you know, she's coming, right? And he's coming. <laughs> and we get so distracted with the hustle and the bustle, even as followers of Christ for the great time of year that we can miss the moments. Let's get back to our story. 
I think Mary was like Buddy and Martha was more like the boss. That's who they are. Look at verse 39. It says this about Martha. Her sister Mary sat on the floor listening to Jesus as he talked. Now there's a part of me that says, oh, good for her. And then there's a part of me because of the way I'm wired that says, are you kidding me? You're in there sitting, I got all this stuff going on. But you know what was significant about that? She was able to separate the urgent from the significant. I imagine, listen, when Jesus came to the house, Mary, you know, they were both kind of working, getting things done. We got to get ready for Jesus. He's coming back. You know that Jesus from Nazareth, he's supposed to come here. He's the teaching guy, right? He's the miracle-giving guy. Hey, we got, we got to get ready. Like, he's coming here. And Mary's like, hey, great. I'll help. Let's get ready. But when Jesus came knocking at the door, that's when the preparation has to stop. The urgence has to stop. And Mary made the decision to go with the significant and to connect with Jesus and interact with him and to listen to him. And she captured the moment. Speaking of catching the moment, look at Matthew 6, 34. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. You see, those of us that are living in the past or living in the future, we miss what God's doing right now. Don't get overworked. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Boy, that's a let. We could just stop right there. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Some of us, we can't live in the moment today because we're worried about yesterday or we're so frazzled about what's going to happen this week. I'm learning so much about myself this Christmas season. It's kind of making me sick, and that's why I want to spit it out to you guys. But I mean, listen... The build-up to Christmas for me in my world is filled with all kinds of stuff. This time of year is budget time, right? It's building. We got a lot of building renovation going on. We got decisions after decisions. We got meetings after meetings to get ready for a move in 2020. It's one thing to move a family of four. We're like moving 800 people, 900 people. We're, we're moving the whole church downtown, uptown, whatever you want to call it. We're moving next year. We got all this stuff, and we got Christmas at Crossroads coming up. A big opportunity to point people to the Christ that came for them at Christmas, and they don't realize how personal it is. And so I'm running fast, and I'm running late, and we got late night meetings and extra meetings and all this extra stuff and long days and long nights and all good stuff, all for a great reason. And here I've been preparing for this and all week and saying, hey, we got to capture the moment, capture the moment, capture the moment. Let me just let you into my world yesterday. So I got a whole list of stuff, right? Because it's the weekend and I've been going crazy all week. And so I got some stuff I need to get done and stuff in my world that's important stuff. And one of those was, was like to clean up my yard because I've done it four times, but my neighbors are very generous and they share their leaves with me. And I don't like leaves in my yard. And so I got this whole plan, right? And I'm doing this stuff inside before the lawn gets rid of the frost. And then I can go outside and we had to run here and run there and do this and do this. So I got a time. And then, you know, it's getting darker earlier. So I got this whole thing figured out. 
So I get home, man, and I get on my yard work, and I'm going, going, going. I got my lawn tractor out, and I'm sucking up the neighbor's leaves and all this stuff, right? And, I, and it's getting dark, and it's getting darker, and I'm pushing faster and faster. And I look through the back sliding glass door, and I see my son, my daughter-in-law, and our newest grandchild, a year old, that they're holding in the kitchen. They had just come in. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, are you kidding me? You stop by now. Like, don't you know? <laughs> I'm like, my wife's in there. She'll handle it. So I make one more lap around sucking up leaves, and then it's like God taps me on the shoulder and said, remember that message you're going to share tomorrow? <laughs> About capturing a moment? And so I get this wrestling thing in my head, but if I stop, I might not get done. And what if I don't get done? I mean, okay, it's just leaves. Some people be like, that was dumb anyway. I don't know. But anyway, so you know what I did? I shut the tractor off, and I went in, and I hung out and captured the moment. They didn't stay that long. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. Because, you know, those are the moments that if something tragic happened or whatever, I'm not being a naysayer, but those are the same things we said, give me one more time to capture some of those moments. Right? We don't know that they're the last moments when you capture the last moment. Right? We just don't know. And it's like, why look ahead or why look behind? Jesus said, what am I doing right now? My leaf still got done. I was the idiot, and people are like, who's running a lawnmower after dark? It was me. <laughs> but I didn't miss the moment. Because people matter more than leaves. You're like, duh. I get it, but you got your own scenario right? I'm glad I did it. It was a wake-up call. It's a way to put this practical into your own life. I don't know what it is for you. But do you see the difference between the urgent and significant? To me, it was urgent. I got to before dark, and I built this all up, but the significant was right in front of me. It was right in my kitchen. And fortunately, this one time, I got a win. I did the right thing. Can I, tell, can I want to speak to parents, even if you're not a parent? Let me just speak to you. There's, there's parents here. Listen, you got kids. You got kids in school. Your kids are older. I don't know what your scenario is. Can I just encourage you this week or next week before Christmas? Consider burning a vacation day. Do something special with your kids. Pull them out of school early. Send them to school late. Do something and blow their mind just to have a day with them. Husbands, listen, you got a day? Take a day off and surprise your wife and say, hey, let's go shopping. I mean, after she passes, wakes up from passing out, it'll be a good thing. You're like, I hate shopping. Yeah, but do you love your wife? Wives, listen, just, just capture this season. Do something weird like that that you haven't done in a long time. Go visit some folks that you haven't visited in a while. And let the significant take a spot in your life for a moment rather than the urgent. There's another verse, Matthew six thirty three. but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. If we put priorities first, make the main thing the main thing. And as a Christ follower, we know what the main, we talked about that last week a little bit, but God's the main thing. People are the second main thing, right? But we allow all these other things to crowd in, and he says, no, 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 keep the main things the main things, and the rest of this stuff will work itself out. We've got to choose to replace the urgent with the significant, and that's a choice you can make, and you'll make it, get this, the same way I'll make it, moment by moment. That's the only chance to do it. 
But you've got to have it in your mind. You've got to have it in your heart. You've got to say, wow, I'm going to do that. So that's one number one. Here's number two. Replace the physical preparation with spiritual preparation. Say what? Replace the physical preparation, doing the things, <laughs> picking up leaves, with spiritual preparation. We see in the story how Martha was distracted by all the preparations because Jesus was coming to her house. There is a time to prepare. No doubt about it. Some of you need to hear that. There is a time to prepare. We got 17 days till Christmas. There are things that have to be done, but there's a time to stop with the preparations when the moment arrives so you can take it in. How do you define a moment? A moment is when something... (laughs) something would happen that would enhance your relationship with God or with other people. That's a moment. I had a moment last night because I got to connect with my son, my daughter-in-law, and my granddaughter. That's a moment. I didn't even know the moment was coming. But when I looked through the doors and saw them come through the back door, I had a choice to make. Do I stay doing preparation or do I capture the moment? Right? You're going to have many of those between now and Christmas. You're going to have many of those every day, even after Christmas. This isn't just a Christmas message. This is about capturing what matters. This is about realizing there's physical preparation, there's spiritual preparation. This is about learning what a moment is and grabbing it. And some of us, we can't do it because we're always a step ahead. We're always a step ahead. Let me, let, let me just, this, is, this, is, this will be kind of fun. How many, let's fast forward. You're saying we're not supposed to look forward. I got it, just for, for, just for teaching purposes. I want you to think about Christmas Eve or Christmas morning at your house, the way it's typically done, right? How many of you, when I say this, you're, you're just going to know, right? How many of you are either, you know somebody that's like this, before a single present is open, you've already planned, you've already made a trip to the kitchen, you've got the biggest trash bag that you have, You've got it in the, wherever you're opening the gifts up because you're thinking ahead. And you know, listen, as soon as one person rips one piece of paper off, you're saying, give it here, give it here, give it here. You've got to put it in the bag. got to keep it all cleaned up. How many of you know somebody like that? That happens at your house. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would tell you who that is at our house, but I, I'm not going to tell you that. But you're the mess managers. You're the mess managers. You thought this stuff out. Like, why all this chaos? Like, stuff might even get thrown away. Like, look, I've got to get this stuff going. Can I encourage you, if you know someone like that this year, encourage them to take a chill for just a few minutes so they don't miss the moments. They don't miss a moment of a small child or a grandchild. The reaction on their face when they rip that paper off and see. They don't miss a moment of a grandparent that's aging. Their reaction, the moment, and no one realizes that they may not be at Christmas next year. And I don't even have to ask you, would their reaction and the moment and capturing that be more important and more valuable to you than saying, I got the paper all cleaned up in record time. 
see, there's no comparison. That's what we're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Colossians 3.2, don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what God is, what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. You know, from God's perspective, people matter more than paper. Worship is more important than having a pristine home. You know how many people that are followers of Christ will blow off God for weeks on end at Christmas time because of other stuff? Are you kidding me? And miss what God is doing, what he wants to do. Spending time with him and his word and learning more about him can take a second or a third or a fourth seat this time of year, even for followers of Christ. We can get the physical preparation so much in front of us and it becomes so big that spiritually we lose. I want you to miss those moments. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, There is far more than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. Isn't that true of Christmas? All the stuff that you proudly have put up and displayed and all the twinkling lights and the glitter and all that, which I have at my house, don't get me wrong, but you know what we do with it after Christmas? It goes back in the box. Some of you are like, oh, don't bring that up. That makes me so sad. I get it. Where's all the food go? Either people eat it or it gets carried away. The tree goes back in the box or out at the curb. Everything goes in the box. But you know what doesn't go back in the box? My relationship with God. The moments that I missed with family and friends. If I don't keep perspective right and get the main thing the main thing. You know it's really kind of odd? Even the people that we care about and love the most, one day they're going to go back in a box. You know what I'm saying? So what we're battling for this season, right? What are we battling for? We've got to crank it down a little bit. We've got to gain perspective and say, wow, what really matters? Let me do that. Let, 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 me, let me replace the urgent with the significant. Let me replace physical preparation with spiritual preparation. We're not going to miss it. We've got 17 days to go. We're going to get this right. And here's number three if you're taking notes. Replace self-absorption with personal reflection. Replace self-absorption, being absorbed with self, with personal reflection. In this story, we kind of see Jesus have a come-to-Jesus meeting with these sisters and especially one actually it's a come to martha meeting first and then he has a come to jesus meeting if you look at the story it says that martha initiates the contact i've got verse 40 kind of we put it together if your notes look a little different because i made a change this morning but martha was a jittery type and was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing we've already read that right but i want you to bring you back to that she's doing the physical preparation she's trying to orchestrate everything she came to jesus Finally, she's had enough like my sister. She used to be in here helping me, but since Jesus showed up, my sister, where's she at? And I'm still not done. She came to Jesus and said, Sir, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Don't you know that made sense in her head? She had boiled for a while and said, I'm going to go let Jesus set her straight. 
Isn't it funny how we do that? She was kind of passive-aggressive, wasn't she? Sir, doesn't it seem unfair? (laughs) Instead of just saying, I'm ticked off, Jesus, get her in here. Right? Look at the last part of that verse in verse 41. But the Lord said to her, Martha, dear friend, (laughs) you are so upset over all these details. There's really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. Martha was focused on the external. She was focused on all the preparations, the urgent. She missed the significant. Jesus said, she's discovered what really matters. And I won't take it away from you. You know I won't take it away from you? Because you can't undo a moment. (laughs) Just like you can't recapture a moment if you miss it. You just have regret. Jesus said she, she caught it and it can't be taken away and I won't take it away from her. She got it right. Folks, you and I, we can beat ourselves up over moments we missed. I don't want you to do that. I want you to capture the moments that are right in front of you. She had to come to Jesus' meeting, but she had to come to Martha meeting first. <laughs> you see... Martha thought she needed a new sister, a different sister. And what Martha really needed was a new perspective, a new Martha, if you will, a new way to live as Martha. You see, I look around a lot of times and I think, man, I need, man, why, why aren't my neighbors picking up all their leaves, right? Why do I get so caught up in this stuff? I don't want you to miss a moment. I want you to have a new perspective. I want you to have a different perspective. I want you to celebrate the moments maybe in the past that you've had and not let them drag you down or make you feel like there's no more moments that are ever going to be like that. God says, "Don't. I'm doing something right in front of you. Don't miss that. We'll have a time to celebrate all of history one day, but don't miss the moments that are right there. Well, how do you adjust? How do you change? Lamentations 3.40, let's take a good look at the way we're living and reorder our lives under God. You know what that really means? Let's just keep the main thing the main thing. Let's just take a page out of God's book and say, wow, I'm not going to miss these moments. I'm not going to be like Martha anymore. I want to be like Mary. I'm going to park the tractor and I'm going to come inside and I'm going to take in the moment. The preparations, they'll take care of themselves, but there's a time to prepare and then there's a time to stop preparing and just take in the moment. Just look at the way I'm living right now and reorder my life based on what I say really matters, which goes back to last week. And we've got to replace self-absorption with personal reflection. We can get so absorbed in what's going on that we, we don't even take time to think about what really matters. We're just caught up. Let's look at number four. We've got to replace the superficial with the supernatural. All these moments that are going to happen in the next 17 days and even beyond for the rest of your life, listen, those moments all will boil down to choices. What will I choose to do? My prayer for you is that you would consider a lifestyle change, a realignment of the superficial, the stuff that really is surfacy and doesn't really matter with stuff that is supernatural. Let's look at our story one more time. Verse 42b, the last part of that verse, describes Mary to her sister Martha, and God says, Mary has discovered it, and it's not going to be taken away. 
Mary was going to leave that encounter without regret. She made the right choice. She captured the moment. She took it in. The same could not be said of her sister Martha. She missed it. They were in the same house. The same moments were available. One captured it, one missed it. I don't want you to go through this season. I don't want you to go through another week or another month of your life with regret, wishing you had done something differently, wish you'd have captured a moment, getting caught up in the superficial and missing the supernatural and the significant. Jeremiah 9 says this, this is what the Lord says, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength or the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast about this. Think of Buddy the Elf, that he understands and knows me. And I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. If you don't want to miss the moment, you've got to make room to make God your first priority. If you know him personally, then our lives should reflect that, no matter what time of year we're in. That's what I want. Instead of worrying about the perfect gift to buy that relative that you only see once a year, just capture the moment. Be who you are as a Christ follower in their lives. For God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave at Christmas time. He sent his son, his one and only son, to grow up, to die. For them. And you've got family members that you don't know where they stand with the God that so loved them. Don't miss a moment. Don't miss an opportunity. Don't miss a chance to invite them. Say, hey, we're going. We'd love for you to come with us. We'll come home. We'll have the parties. We'll unwrap the gifts. We'll do the thing. Pray for them every day. Invite them to join you. Write their names down today and pray every single day for those folks that you know that don't know Jesus or you don't know that they know Jesus. And make that a priority in your Christmas season every day. That's significant. That's supernatural. That we will talk about for all eternity. And that we don't want to have regret about. You can be an instrument that God uses to change a loved one's life for all eternity. You can experience what Mary experienced. Jesus saying to you through your experiences, Scott, or you put your name there, has chosen the better part and it will not be taken away from him. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the opportunities. You see, that's the story of Christmas. That's the story of Christmas. We don't need to be going 180 miles an hour with all the physical preparation and miss what God is doing right in front of us. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. Don't you give up on your friends or family. Be in the moment. Now I told you at the beginning that I was going to ask you a question that might rock your world. And I'm going to tell you it involves prayer. Don't tune me out. We've got about four or five minutes left, and we'll wind this down. 
Do you know that what you pray about reflects what you believe about God? What you pray about reflects what I believe about God, what I pray about. What you pray for reflects what you believe about your God. Now let me drive it home this way. For example, if... If you don't pray at all, that reflects what you believe about God, that you don't really believe that it matters, that God answers prayer. It still reflects what you believe about God. If you pray very small prayers all the time, it probably reflects that you don't really believe that you serve a very big God. So you pray small prayers. If you mostly pray for things about yourself, God bless me and comfort me and, you know, I'm coughing, help me not to cough anymore. That's pretty small prayers, right? Does God concern? Absolutely. Does he care? Absolutely. There's no two prayer, too big or too small. And people who have that belief, listen, they just pray that way. Because whatever you believe about God, it reflects in your prayers. If you pray as a last resort, my guess is we're all but some guilty of that, right? Well, all I can do now is pray. <laughs> like God's our last resort. We've tried everything we know how to do, and God, all we can do now is pray. And I think God's going, you're in trouble now. I'm, if I'm your last resort, you're in trouble now, right? I mean, are you kidding me? But what we pray about reflects how we believe about God. So here's what I want you to do. I want you, just for a moment, we're going to capture a moment. I want you to think about what you prayed for this past seven days since we've been here together. Find a little place somewhere on your notes. There's some spots there around this big question. I want you to be honest, and I just want you to reflect just for a moment. What did you pray about this last week? What did you pray about the most? And I'd love for you to write it down and just cover it up. Somebody shouldn't be looking at your paper, even if they are. Some of you might say, wow, gee whiz, you know what, as I think about it, I've been so busy this week, I don't even know that I really prayed. That says something about what we believe about God. Let's just call it what it is. Some of you would say, I can't really remember, but I know I prayed. Well, that might say a lot as well, right? Some of you might remember, say, oh, I know exactly, I prayed for this, I prayed for that, I prayed for this, I prayed for that, and you could write a few of those things down. But think about what that was that you prayed for the most this last week. Now that some of you have done that, I want to ask you this question. If God answered yes to all the prayers that you prayed last week, he just like had a rubber stamp. Everything you prayed for last week, yes, 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 yes. He just said yes to everything you prayed. If that were true in your life this last week, what would be different in the world today? If God answered every prayer that you and I prayed last week, what would be different in the world today? Chances are pretty good that if you're like most people in our culture today, the only things that would be different today because of what we prayed last week would be things that are pretty close to us. 
I might have a little more money. I might not have a cough. Let's change what we pray for. You don't have to discard those other things, but let's add prayers that are big enough that really matter. They matter to us because they matter to God. All of those prayers were involved people and God. Let's pray bigger prayers. Let's pray that way leading up to Christmas this year for the people that we love. No regrets. God show up in a big way. I'm going to keep the main thing the main thing. Beginning today. Let's bow our heads together. We're going to have a moment right now, just you and God. And he's here. The Bible says when two or more of us as believers are gathered together, listen, he's among us. God's here. And I believe for all of us, at some level, he wants us to have a fresh new look at Christmas, our lives, what really matters in life. And when you boil it all down, it's him and people that really matter. What if this Christmas season we saw people the way God sees them? As individuals that he created, that he loves, that are going to spend eternity in one of two places, depending on what they do or do not do with the gift of Christmas. That changes a lot. We can still have our parties. We can still have our dinners. We can, but you know what it'll cause us to do? It'll cause us to act different because we see people different. It'll put the main thing at the forefront if we can just see people that way, how we love on them, how we accept them, how we overlook some things, how we pray for them instead of getting angry at them to realize there must be a pretty damaged, hurtful heart in that body. They need to know Jesus. That's what we can do as followers. For those of you that sit here today and say, wow, that all sounds great. And you know deep down you've never opened up your heart to Jesus. He wants in. He wants you to capture this moment to hear him say, I love you, no matter where you've been or what you've done. And I want you to know me personally as I know you personally. I came as a baby on that first Christmas morning for you. I grew up and I died on a horrible, horrible cross and shed my blood so your sins could be forgiven. And my arms are open wide and I'm welcoming you in to my family. If you'll just turn from your way of doing life and trust me with all you are and invite me into your life, I will adopt you into my family. I'll forgive you and cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. I will make you brand new from the inside out. And I will create a home for you in heaven that you can't mess up out on or mess up because once I live inside of you, you're mine. 
and I don't see you anymore. I see my son living inside. If that's you today, make this your prayer. Say, God, that's what I want. I admit that I am a sinner. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. And with everything I'm about, and best I know how, I invite you in as my Lord and Savior. Adopt me into your family. Give me that gift that is indescribable. And from this day forward, I want to live and serve you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.